I hope that you had an awesome week. I hope that you're enjoying your Friday evening. I hope that you're somewhere safe. And I hope that you're in a good space because um, I love you and I want the best for you. Okay? Okay. Great. All right. So now let's get to the fun stuff. Let's get to the fun stuff. I've had a bit of sugar. And um, (laughs) I've been cutting back on my sugar intake. Because of hot flashes. Yeah. And so I had a little sugar today. Just three minutes ago. So a sister's kind of happy. <laughs> I'm kind of giddy. But anyway, I'm going to work through it. I'm going to work through it. So I'm going to keep laughing. I'm going to keep smiling. Keep bringing you joy. Joy, joy, joy. And uh, we're going to have a good show. Okay, first of all, let's go ahead and welcome everyone into the room. Hello, Beauty. How are you, darling? Hello. Hello. I am wonderful. How are you? I'm great. I am great. I am great. I don't know what happened to Sling, but hopefully she will show up. You know. I'm sure she'll be here. Yeah, I'm sure she will. Um. Maybe she's out enjoying her Friday. It could happen. It could definitely happen. Absolutely. Um, So we're going to do a few announcements, and then we're going to um, dive deep into the show. But first of all, how are you? Like, how was your week? How is everything going? My week was interesting, um, but good. I kept okay. myself very busy. Um, today was a quiet day. I kind of relaxed and rejuvenated because I was running all week. Um, my niece, one of my nieces, had a birthday on Thursday, and we had a great dinner at this restaurant out here in Melrose, actually, called Bobby C's. It's run uh-huh. by a friend of mine from school named Julie Crowley, and um Every time we go there, for whatever the celebration is, it's always a fantastic time. And she, oh, she's yeah. just amazing. Yeah, so that was Thursday. Um, otherwise, this week, I got to spend time with friends and uh, did some more cleaning, which <laughs> I don't know about uh, everybody else, but I could do without that. Um, and just hung out with my puppy, Lulu. Oh, That's about it. Puppy Lulu. For those of you who don't know, Lulu is my pama poo. <laughs> yes. I am seriously looking, and I don't know if you saw my post on Facebook a couple of days ago or last week sometime, but um, I'm in the market of trying to adopt myself a puppy. Yay. I That's need awesome. a I want a fur baby. But I'm I'm looking for a fur baby that is hypoallergenic because I have really bad allergies. Um Well actually Lulu is hypoallergenic. So I know that poodles <laughs> are one of the animals you can get. Yes. 
That's what I've heard. And she's a Pomeranian. She's a Pomeranian poodle mix. Oh wow! And her yeah, hair is think, almost like human hair. Yeah, I would think that those like little little fur babies with long hair like that. I didn't know that they were hypoallergenic. Um, yeah. I know one. It depends on the dog. Yeah. I know one thing people were telling me on my post on Facebook, they said, um, don't get a chihuahua. Get a Taco Bell. See, I have to disagree with that. Because I had a chihuahua for 13 years named Patches. And he is the first dog I ever got. And uh-huh. he completely changed my life. Oh. Everybody yeah. loves Patches. I think his picture somewhere in China because when I was living in Hawaii, a lot of people would take his picture. But um, I know that some chihuahuas can be difficult, but I never had a problem with yeah. them. Yeah, some mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, some of them are. Um, I had a friend whose mother had one. And um, that poor dog, they just bark at everybody and everything. Mm. It doesn't matter. Someone could be walking down the street and she would make her way to the door and just stand there and just bark like crazy. And um I was I I had a, the biggest fear of dogs for the longest time. Oh wow. Um yeah, when I was little, this dog uh, in the neighborhood, um, he tried to bite me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and come to find out, the dog was ra- had rabies. Oh, my And it, had went, it went mad, you know. It went mm-hmm. rabid. And so I was coming out of my grandmother's house trying to go home because we lived like my grandmother lived across the street from us. And um, it was a black dog. I don't remember what kind of dog it was. It was just a big dog. And it had me cornered in the yard. And I was, every time I moved, it would move small. And so I was a little girl. So from then on, I had the biggest fear of dogs. And my friend's mother and this chihuahua kind of helped me get over my fear of dogs because every time that I would go see my friend and his mother was there, um, she was ill and she started living with my friend. Um, She would never leave me alone. She would always come... She would know that I was coming, and she would stand mm-hmm. at the door and wait, and then she would run all around, and mm-hmm. she would just, you know, I would be up there with my friend and his mom, and <laughs> one time I went to sleep, and the dog crawled up, curled up beside me, and went to sleep beside me, and I woke up, and she was licking my face, and I was like, ew dog and that's what kind of broke my fear of dogs 
What a great story. Crazy. <laughs> Chihuahuas are, are very affectionate. They are very yes. affectionate. It just are. Like I said, it depends on which one you get. And I'm pretty sure that if you were, you know, in a room full of Chihuahuas, you'd know which one would fit you. Yeah. They're very, they have great personalities. Um, That's true. You don't have to guess what they're thinking. And they can be a little stubborn sometimes, but not in a bad way. Oh, okay. Well. So I'm cheering for the Chihuahua, that you get a Chihuahua, but you eat, there are so many dogs to choose from. And you can yeah. buy books on different, on different breeds. You can also buy a book that has many breeds or go to the library or go online. Um, yeah, I've been looking you online. You find out about the disposition of the dog, yeah. Yeah, I um, I've been looking online, and I was actually looking at a Shih Tzu. A what? A, a Shih Tzu. Oh, a Shih Tzu. Mm-hmm. They're adorable. They are, and I I want to dress, but you know what? <laughs> My favorite dog, if I ever, like I said, I used to tell Michael, if we ever, because he always wanted to have a dog. And I was like, no way, Jose. And, uh, but if I ever got a dog, the dog that I want is a corgi, because it has like the fattest little butt. (laughs) Yes, it does. And they are adorable. Great personalities also. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Queen Elizabeth is the one that started yes. Corgi's. Yes. And now I'm watching um, Queen Charlotte. And okay. Yeah, I've watched two episodes so far. And really? I watched, yeah, it was uh, the Pomeranians. We called it a deformed bunny. Yeah. <laughs> And that I was one of my like, favorite episodes. <laughs> yeah. And the poor, the poor dog was just like, really? You know, you can look at the poor little, the little puppy and was like, huh? Exactly. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it. That was the best. I'm yeah. glad you started watching it though. That is a fantastic show. Yeah, it I'm is. I'm sorry it that really it ended. Is. Yeah, I haven't, I have, everyone's saying, how can you watch that, and you didn't watch Bridgerton, and I'm like, I don't know, and then my best friend, she told me, she was like, I can't believe you don't like Bridgerton, and I was like, I I don't, and she's like, why, I was like, I don't know, why should I like it, I mean, I just can't believe it, because you're so extra. Oh? <laughs> yeah, you should just take that as a compliment. <laughs> That's what she said. She was like, no, I mean it in the best way possible. Really, I do. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I was surprised when you told me that you didn't like it either. Um, yeah, I'm not... Yeah, like I told my friend, I was like, I'm not a period, like, that Elizabethan mm-hmm. kind of period piece mm-hmm. kind of person. Mm-hmm. I'm more yeah. of a, the the flappers 
the 1920s oh. and the 40s. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. that's more of my my thing, you know, because like I was telling her, every year for Halloween, every time someone says, oh, we're going to have a Halloween party, and I think, oh, I should go, I always want to dress up as a flapper. You have never cute of a flapper. You got that face. Yeah, that's what I said too. It's <laughs> thank you. Maybe you were supposed to be born in that time. Um, say that last part again. I said maybe you were supposed to be born in that time. I don't know. It's like there's so many times. There are so many time periods that I feel like I should have been born in. One of the one of my favorite time periods were the seventies. Though I was born in the seventies. I was born in seventy seven. But I think that I should have been living in the seventies because yeah. I am so old. Like You mean like old spirit? Yeah, old spirit type. But then I also think like you know how you um you have the sixties when everything was about um the modern times and you ever remember you remember that movie um oh god I'm dating myself but it's okay that that movie Auntie Maine no I don't think I've ever seen that one it was this movie called Auntie Maine where she lives she was rich and she lived in New York and was in the sixties and um. She was an older lady, and she was taking care of her nephew. And um, I have to find it and tell you about it, but so you can watch it. But Auntie Mame, she was this jet-setting auntie that went everywhere. But she lived in the in the early. She lived in the fifties, early sixties, somewhere around in there. But um. It was that that modern era where everything was modern, you know, the furniture okay. and the the houses and everything was modern. You had all these space age, like it was around the time that we were going to space and all that stuff. And so everyone's aesthetic was, you know, the lava lamps and. The, right. the funny lines, but everything was straight, and they had straight lines, but they were like everything was askew, you know, you know. I do know what you're saying, yeah. Well, I've always said that I should be in the. I was should have been born earlier in the '60s. I was born in the '60s, late '60s, but I missed the whole um, hippie phase, which yeah, I clearly, I clearly should have been there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying so I too. Yeah. About the seventies, because I'm so mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to say <laughs> radical, but I'm There's radical. Wrong with you, radical. Yeah, like yeah. I I am in my own way. I am mm-hmm. radical. Um, very outspoken. Mm-hmm. Um, power to the people, you know that. Yeah that kind of thing, the um, standing up for those that are voiceless, you know? 
or don't or don't have the ability to uh, stand up for themselves. They don't have the voice to stand up for themselves. I'm one. Mm-hmm. Of, I'm that person. I'm. Okay. I did that today, as a matter of fact. But anyway. Um, what happened today? Huh? What happened no. today? <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. Back to the hippies. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't a bad thing. It wasn't. A, I don't think it was a bad thing. Um, but sometimes you have to say things to wake people up and get their attention. And sometimes if a person doesn't really know, if they don't really know about a situation or how it affects you or how you, you know, they can't be empathetic and have a clear idea. So all that to say, there was an event that happened um, last month and, um, it was for it was for black women. Um, it was a self care uh, type of event. It was very, it seemed very lovely. It was something that I would that I wanted to really participate in. And um, it, yeah, it was about self care and all that stuff that we have um, women especially black women, need to learn more about, like, self-care is more than going to get your nails done, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. Um, so I emailed the uh, event organizer. First, I left a message on the board of the event, and no one said anything. I had to hunt for the email address. I found the email address, and then um, I emailed her, and I asked her, because as a woman of size and also as a woman that is um, disabled, because in my show title, it tells you that I am a plus-size woman, and that Night Talks with Sasha is... um, from a plus size woman's point of view, I don't I don't hide that. Right. Um, and so I asked her, you know, was this though? A lot of people don't like this term, fat friendly. Um, I don't using the word fat doesn't hold the same power for me as it does for some people, and I've had to I, I fought hard to overcome that stigma with myself of getting my feelings hurt when someone Mm -hmm. would call me fat. Mm -hmm. Um, So I took the power away from it. So I asked her, was this a fat-friendly, disabled event? She said no. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. That it was not a dis, it wasn't a disabled event, and so I tried to email her back and explain to her. You know, she's like, I don't think 
that this will work for you. So I tried to email her back to explain to her, you know, I understand what you're saying, but I know more than you because I do this every day. You know what right. I mean? Good for and you for so, saying something. Huh? I said good for you for saying something. Yeah, and so she, but she never emailed me back. And today I saw where um, she had put out under the event on my notifications on Facebook about how um, awesome the event was and that it turned out great and the energy was high. And I was glad of that for her. And in my response, I said that. I said that I was glad that your event turned out really great and I'm glad that the um the energy and was really high and I'm glad that there was so much joy that were felt by the women of the diaspora. But mm-hmm. I hope that next year when you do it that you include or you have a space to include those that are disabled. Um it does not feel good to, like I was hurting I was hurt and I was saddened that my sisters of the diaspora would make me feel othered. And that ableism in the black community really needs to end. We are, there is enough that we have to deal with as black folk without us as black folk making someone feel other simply because they are disabled or other. Absolutely. You know, so um, I shared that and I told her, you know, I said, I'm not trying to belittle you or even um, specify your name. I'm just playing. I can say the word. There's a TikTok video that went by with this lady trying to spell those words wrong, but um, <laughs> I told her that I wasn't trying to belittle her or uh, rag on her, you know, it's just right. that if I'm going to speak out against other establishments, then I have to speak out about ours too. Right. So, you know, and I hope that... Um, next year you could, you know, be more inclusive. So that wasn't bad. I didn't curse. No, I've gotten wasn't better bad at, at all. that. Yeah, I've, I've I think you did very well. That was great. It is disappointing though. It is very yeah, disappointing. It was. It was. And um she actually has responded. Um and I didn't get a chance to see what she said. But I will, and um, I'll keep everybody updated about it. And I would really, you know, if you don't know and you have a hard time figuring out if your events or, and this is to all the event organizers that may be doing an event, and you want to make that event um, inclusive, for those that are larger in size, 
and for those that may be disabled, get some of those people on your board. Like, consult with those people of the community. Consult with um, larger size men and women um, of the fat community, though. Again, they don't always like that, but... um, And also, you know, consult with those that are disabled because disabled people know how to work the system and know how to, that didn't come out right, (laughs) (laughs) not work the system, but how to maneuver is the word I should say. They know how to maneuver through um, hardships and, and um issues that may arise you know so if you, you want your yeah i mean, i just I, it's it's uh, it's so ridiculous <laughs> to me that we're still having to have these conversations where oh if you want to know what it's like to to be in the black community or talk to black women, well, talk to black women. If you want to know what it's like being in the community, if you want to have an inclusive event, talk to those people that know what it feels like to be othered. That's just like I was reading um, the other day about this, guy who was um, in Canada. His name is Andrew Garza. 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 Um, okay. And he's in, a, he's in a wheelchair. And he is severely disabled. And um, But he's also um, queer. And he was saying how this is Pride Month, but there are so many establishments that do not have accessibility for for everyone in the queer community. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. are you so are you so serious? Damn, I got tongue tied. <laughs> well, you would expect the community to be a little bit more progressive. You, you know? would. But I, I I had the same problem in Hawaii, actually. And it's not a problem. It was fixed easily. But um, it was during Pride Month, and they were printing out flyers for a film event that was going on there. And it was for the LGBTIQ plus community. But they only did the L, G, and the T. <laughs> they left out the Bs, the bisexuals. And I was on the committee. So, of course, I had to speak up the same way you did and said, you know, my community is not being represented in this. I mean, I know yeah. you can't put every community out there, but with a B and LGBT, like we should be presented also. So they did go back. They did go back. And, <clears throat> excuse me. They did go back and do another flyer, which was fantastic. They did mm-hmm. take care of it right away because they recognized, you know, the problem. But it's surprising that you have to speak up on these things. Still. It is. I, it is surprising, but it's not. Honestly, it's right. Not. 
Right. It's really not. Especially um, when it calls for accessibility for larger people. Um, because a lot of people assume that if you say that you are fat and disabled, well, your disability is because you're fat. And I have right. had to correct many of people, no, I was disabled before I became fat. Because I haven't always been fat. But I have always been disabled. I was a child born with a disability. So, you know, having to uh, constantly battle between those things, it gets, it it can either, it gets tiring. It really gets tiring. Because I was just going to say, it gets exhausting. Yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm just tired of this ish um and then you you know but then you realize that if you don't do it who else is um but that's why i want to get um i'm in this group on facebook called juicy peaches and so the juicy peaches is for ssbbws and for those that don't understand what that subculture uh, nomenclature means, it is you have BBWs and you have SBBWs. BBWs are big, beautiful women. SSBBWs are supersized, big, beautiful women. Um, a lot of people are trying to get away in the supersized community a lot of people are trying to get away from the SSBBW nomenclature, nomenclature because it is riddled with fetishism. And um, a lot of women do not want to be uh, identified as SSBBW because of the sex work that is often attributed to that nomenclature of women when it comes to those women. Um, so I myself, um, I don't see anything wrong with sex workers. I support sex workers. I think that sex workers should be unionized because when you get to be 60 years old or, or God forbid, if you get sick and something happens, all the time that you have spent working because it is a job. Um, and I'm talking about prostitution. Let's just call a thing a thing. I'm one of these people that, that sugarcoats and uh, sidesteps things. I think if you're going to talk about things, you need to call them what they are. So I'm, I'm the auntie that is going to tell your baby the real names of their body part, not a poo-poo, not a pee-pee. That is your vagina. <laughs> That is your penis. Exactly. Those are your I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, I mean, because they need to know, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. But Yeah, that is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but I think that um, 
you know, sex workers should have a union and um, they should be supported and they should have the ability that when they decide that they want to stop working, they have something, some money that they've put in and, you know, so that they can get retirement because it is a job. Now, is it, you know, they're not the underbelly of the of the society. Uh, I don't believe that they are, but that's yeah. just me. But anyway. Oh, no, I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. As long as it's the head of the game in their state, then that's your business. What you mm-hmm. choose to do with your business is your business. Exactly. It's just unfortunate that's another place where the government feels like it's okay to step in. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I Bless through the computer. 
<laughs> I gotta get a grip. Oh my god. Let <laughs> <laughs> me get me a dog. Well, you need puppies for all that extra love with me a fur baby. Yep. Exactly. I need like three or four. <laughs> yep. Fur babies. But, um, yeah, I didn't. I they didn't. do change your life. They do change your life. Yes. So I have heard. So I'm definitely going to look into that. Okay. So, um, I was supposed to be making announcements, and then we went to a whole nother left field somewhere. We did. I don't even know how we got there. I don't either, but we did. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, well. Um, so, oh. uh, that's okay. I'll just, I'll make the announcement. Uh, I'll, I'll try to give myself enough time to make them at the end of the show. Um what we were supposed to be talking about was um, doing a six-month checkup. It is the sixth month of the year, and um, I thought that, I don't know, do y'all ever make, I never make, I stop making New Year's resolutions, but I do make specific goals for myself for the year. And I was just wondering, do you ladies do the same thing? And do you yep. feel comfortable talking about them? Because you don't have to. Yep. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Let's do this. So, who wants to go first? Go ahead. For me, we do it every year. Uh-huh. We do determinations in Buddhism for the year and what your goals are and try to make them happen no matter what. And so far, I am making mine happen with my health and my new job. And also to my communication skills, me being able to get out the house more and talk to people more and develop other relationships and to actually make friends. Which is going to be a big struggle for me because I have trust issues. So it's going to be, I'm I'm working on it. They are attainable. Yeah, they they, they Mm -hmm. are. You know, because I have issues with rejection and I have, you know, issues with you make new friends and you got to pay attention to them and talk to them all the time. And I'm not a very good communicator. I can't talk every day. I can't be around people every day. So that's the thing i got to work on, too, is being more accommodating to be a friend. I'm a good friend, but I'm not a talk-to-you-every-day friend or see-you-every-day friend or go places like that friend. I'm well, like a silent partner in the business. I think that's fine. You just have to... Um, you have to find your tribe. Like, there are people like that, you know, that are where you don't have to talk to. I realize that I'm I'm not that friend. Like, you got to talk to me. 
And I have no problem now saying that. Like, we don't have to talk, like, three, four, five hours every day. We don't even have to talk 20 minutes. But a check-in. So me and my best friend do that. Um, And then when I am really depressed, I have a tendency to isolate. I self-isolate. And I won't talk to anyone. And my best friend was like, "Uh uh-uh, bitch. I don't appreciate that because I'm too far away and I don't know what's wrong with you. You don't have to talk to me all the time. I understand. But a check-in is better than nothing. And I realized, and I and I appreciate her saying that, and I told her that, you know. And so I'm the same way. I'm that friend. I'm getting better. I'm yeah, going to get better. I mean, I have to get better because you can't spread, we say spread closer roots and world peace if you can't talk to people. And so I, I, I do. I get frustrated a lot about it. Like, people don't get me. Because of that fact, I'm, like, I'm a good friend, though. I mean, I really am. But you just don't talk. You just, you just go in my age. don't know if you're alive or dead. And I'm like, sometimes I just don't feel like talking. Sometimes I just, I just don't. I have learned to love myself and be okay with myself and have the conversations with myself. I've gotten used to that. So now i got to get out of the habit so that I can help people. Because I do have a lot to say. But I just think it more than I say it. And so a lot of people don't know how to get me. They don't. They don't know how to take me. But you got to get used to it. Yeah. I want to commend both of you because both of you know exactly what you want and need, which a lot mm-hmm. of people don't know. Yeah. You know yeah. what you're capable of. You know what your boundaries are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could be you a know, so, when you realize it. Yep. Yeah. But you realize it. Yeah. You know, a lot I'm of people just feel like without recognition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very yeah, Once I realized that I was a problem with a lot of stuff, once I realized mm-hmm. that, it was like, oh, shit, fuck. Now I do it all the time. Like, what could I have done to diffuse the situation? What could I have said and what can I say? And before I talk to people now, I think about how can I say this in a strong way but in a respectful way because it's ways that you tell people things and ways yep. that you say things to people to be to actually have dialogue or questions that you ask because we thought about uh, we talked about uh, you have to be a person that commands respect and gives respect. You have to be that kind of person, or else you're not gonna make it in this world. You're gonna either be an asshole, you're gonna be alone, or you can be a person that gives to the community and actually grows with. And I'd rather have love than to have fear and respect instead. So that way, you know where you are with people. Because they're just respecting you because they can fuck you over any, any time. Yep. So I want to be a I, better person. Exactly. Well, I'm, I'm kind of a uh, combination of the two of you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where I, um, I am very much to myself also, um, which is yeah. hard to believe because I do talk a lot. I uh <laughs> the quiet state of my side. Um 
a bit of an introvert. So I get mm-hmm. nervous in crowds. Um, but at the same time, I want my friends to be in touch with me so that I know that they're okay. And I had to learn over mm-hmm. the years that that meant that I needed to do that in return. Because yeah. I, 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 I used to get frustrated, especially with, like, my mom. when she, I was, like, 30 years old, and she still asked me to call her when I get home. And I'm like, no. Like, I'm, I'm over 30. Your mother and your father are always going to be your mother or your father, and they are always going to love mm-hmm. me. So yeah. I took that and placed it on my friendships, too, because I call, the, I call them my tribe also. I have this small group of friends that um, we check on each other, and we know that we can call each other when there's something wrong, and... You know, if mm-hmm. we don't hear anything from each other, we check in. So it's kind of nice. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that is something that yeah, I had to learn, nice. too. I had to learn that, too, is that it has to be yeah, a super Yeah, once you it's nice. Yeah. Right. Before you don't even think about how nice it is, but then when you really need it, like, oh, these people really do. They fuss at me because they love me. They care about me. So I got to at least give them that much, you know. They yep. say that see, somebody actually cares about you. When you say nobody loves me. That's a lie because you got people that love at you every day when you don't call them and let them know you're alive. They ignore you. They don't. So relationships are work, whether it's partners or friends or family. Exactly. They always give yeah, you. Yeah, you realize how selfish you've been, and then it's sometimes mm-hmm. like when, you, when you're depressed, you don't think about how selfish you're being. You just yep. think about, I just need this peace. I just need to find something, but you don't think about it. But when you're not depressed, that's something that I keep when I'm not in my in depression. That's something I keep really close. I know I can call myself a liar when I think that nobody cares about you. I don't give a fuck about you. I can say mm-hmm. that's a lie. I know that's all. It's a, that raising part of a lie. Mm-hmm. They call me, and they let me know. If, if I don't hear from my friend Pat, she, she, if she'll hear from me in like two days, she wants to know, Eric, you know, I need you to call me and let me know that you're okay. Yep. What's happening, blah, blah, blah. Whether something's happening or not, I feel bad because I'm like, I'm sorry, Pat. I'm so sorry that I put you through that. Yep. But, you know, you're hurting somebody when you're not. Yep. Yeah, but I can't always, when I'm depressed, I can't always reach out. No. Um, mm-hmm. So what I've done is I've developed a way of telling my friends that I'm having a hard time and that it may be a few days before they hear me hear from me. And I tell them that I'm in my cocoon. Okay. And a couple, okay. Of my friends, my, a couple of my friends will say, well, contact me when you're a butterfly. And I appreciate uh, that. But I say, just yeah. sometimes, I, mean, I just need to be off by myself in a corner, yeah. feeling my feels, dealing with yep. them, and then Listen to me. Them. I can't, deal, yeah. I can't mm-hmm. deal with anybody else's feels at that time. So exactly. it's easy for me to separate myself. And, it, and I don't need to do it to... Um, eliminate the possibility of them helping me because I know that some people that's their concern too. Well, if you were, if you were depressed, you should have called. I could have, you know, talked. And it's like some days I just can't talk, and I can't yeah. even tell you why I'm not yeah, you talking. Can. <laughs> you can't pull so, out words. You can't think about stuff. Right. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So I just developed my cocoon. I tell them I'm in my cocoon, and they know that I'm going through something, but I'm going to be okay, and they'll hear from me in a few days. And sometimes they'll just text back, I love you, 
you know, some of my friends are, I love you so much, you're in my heart, you know, if you, you yep. don't feel like talking, you know, mm-hmm. if they don't know, even if I don't answer, they'll say, I love you. That's why I love, because like, you guys are not my friends, you're my family. I have a section now that I have separated that if you're my friend, that means that if you're gone, I'm not going to give a care. I'm not going to worry about that much. If you're my family, then I'm going to care. I'm going to look for you. I'm going to find you. I'm going to figure something out. And I'm always going to, if you go for 10 years, you can text me back. I'm still going to, I love you. I still love you. You're still here. So it's a, it's a big separate thing that people are so very rare that you can find in your lifetime, especially if you're a person with depression. If you can say someone's your family and you love them, that, that means something. That really says something. Yeah, and being an introvert, that says something, too, because these people can still break through that force field that you have right yourself. As introverts, we have a force field that you oh, got to yeah. really get in there. <laughs> you really got to figure a way to get in there to stick in there. So that says yeah. something. And you don't want to lose those people. Yeah. No, and, and then the last, you know, since since my cancer diagnosis and since the passing of Michael, my best friend, um, when I got the news that of my cancer diagnosis, you know, she was the first, she said, well, when you find out, tell me first. And so she was the first person that I called when I found out and ever since then she has been that person and I tell her you know we were talking and and when I disappear because that's what I do I disappear I usually my depression comes and I don't sleep so I will tell her I'm taking something to go to sleep. And when I wake up in a day or so, because usually that's what it is, then I'll call. And and that's what I say to her. And it's the truth, but I do do that now because I didn't used to. I, you know, just like y'all said, I used to just disappear and didn't think and tell myself that nobody loved me. Nobody cared. Nobody would come and see about me. And that was so untrue. So fabulous. That was such a, a a lie from the enemy of depression. But um, yeah, It will tell you. It will haunt you. It will show you everything oh yeah, horrible everything. in your life. Yeah. It, it sucks. Because I, I have short term memory loss, but I remember every bad thing that's ever happened to me. Those are yep. things that come in flurries. And it's like, like damn, why, I can't remember my, my fifth birthday, but I can remember this shit that happened <laughs> in 1982. I'm like, yeah. oh, damn, you know, and it gets bad. But throughout my life, I've had two people that look for me. This one girl, our birthday's on the same day. We're both cancers. We're both depression and everything. She looked for me for years. And she finally found me on Facebook one year. And I have not lost her since. And my uh, my bestie Tina, my sister Bessie Tina, she found me. She hunted me down. And the first thing she did after me not talking to her for like 15, 20 years was cuss me out. Like, bitch, what the fuck you saying? I've been looking for you for years. Oh, like, wow. And it was like, 
wow, somebody actually looked for me? Definitely, you know, definitely you actually realize that your mind's been lying to you for years, that you're yep. worth something. Because certain people hunt you down when they can't find them. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's like a big lift. That's a big lift on your heart. It is. It really is. And having someone to step in for you to do things has really, hmm. like I told y'all before, my dad was in a nursing home. And so my friend, she took over calling my dad. She put it on her calendar to call my dad every other Sunday for me to check on him, to talk to him, to see how he was doing. And she did that for me because, I, you know, I was crying to her one day telling her, I need to see about my dad. I haven't, I haven't talked to him in weeks. I hadn't talked to him in a long time. And she was like, my counselor was like, is there somebody that can take some of this off of you? And so I sat down and I talked to my friend Erica and I said, will you help me? That's a friend. That's, that's, why oh, that's a good that's friend. A full because she's yep. never met my dad. That's what friendship dude. She never, yeah, like, she never, never laid eyes on him. But she called him up until the day he died. She would, and I never, and it was not something where she was like, oh, I, I got to call your dad. I call, she wouldn't do that. She wouldn't tell me a lot of times unless I asked. And... They had gotten to a point where I just forgot that she was doing it or thought that, well, maybe she wasn't. And she's like, I still call him. I'll call your dad for you. I know you probably think I don't, but I do. And. Yeah, those are awesome. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Like. It's amazing. And I tell her, like, yeah, you that's know. That's family for you. That's yeah. family. Like, and I told her, mm-hmm. I, and that's I tell family. her every time. I, you know, and I've gotten so, I've gotten there where I want to give people their flowers now. It is, it, that means so much to me. Whenever I, I know y'all have seen when I send stuff on Facebook, I'll do the heart, the flowers, and, and whatever. That's my signature. That's me telling you, I'm giving you your flowers. I'm giving you your love now. And I tell my best friend, wherever I am, my thing for her, I say to her every time is, wherever I am, you have a place. Like, I don't care wherever I go. I I don't care. Wherever I move to, there's always going to be room for her. And that also means there's going to be room for her son. Don't matter. Like, when I say it's room for you, it's room for him, and it's room for her. So she ain't even got to worry about that. And and that's what my tribe means to me. That's what my family means to me. You know, um, I remember when she was sick, and I was like, oh, my God. 
I gotta come down there and see about you. I gotta come. No, she's like, no, that's too much for you to do. You gotta take care. Of you. you gotta take care of you. And I'm like, no, I, I can't lose nobody else. I can't. I just can't. Well, I gotta go see about my friend. I gotta go see about my friend. Well, if you're not doing good tomorrow, then I'm coming. Like, <laughs> I'm going to the hospital. So, well. You just better call me and let me know. So, you know, it's just, you, you're right. When you, you don't, when you find people like that, you take care of them. And, and you love them. And you love on them. And, and you tell them all told, the time. I tell them all the time. Yeah. Like, when she told me, when I didn't call her, it was like, that time I didn't call her for, about three or four days, she was like, look, you know, she was upset, and and I listened, and I don't usually, I didn't used to do that, like, I'd be like, yeah, whatever, but I hear her, and I respect it. Yep, that's Facebook pages, too. Yeah. I will look you know, at your Facebook page to make sure you're all right, so I know I didn't touch your ass out when I talk to you. That's what I do. I'm like, bitch. Yeah. I see you okay on Facebook, so I know you're alive, so I guess that's all I get. Then make a start calling your ass then. Yeah. My concern was always that if something ever happened to me, I didn't want my friends to wonder how I felt about them. Yeah, so exactly. I started, about 30 years yeah. ago, I started telling my friends I love them at the end of conversations. Mm-hmm. And it was very funny because some of them were like, uh, oh, I'm okay. Like, Why? <laughs> yeah. you know, they didn't say it right away. They, they were wondering what happened to me. And then there were others that just said it immediately. But now all of my friends say it. Sometimes they say it before me. Yeah. And it's a good Sometimes you got to break them down. But do you can break them down? Yeah. You know. Because I one, um, our one member, Mr. Hopkins, not come Mr. Hall, they were so hard over me, like military over me. I broke them down. They, by the time I got done with them, they were giving me hello hugs, goodbye hugs, love you. <laughs> My <laughs> uncle still say, yeah, 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 yeah. But he don't keep saying that sometimes. Sometimes he keeps saying that. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love you every fucking day. Every day. I say it all the time. Mm-hmm. They know. Are we not going to never think about do the Erica love me? Yes, Miss Wayne love yeah. me. Yeah. She loves me. That's, I know she does. No matter what, she gonna love me. Yep. That's it. I tell my brother that. He's like, "What happened to you? Who hurt you?" I'm like, "No, I'm just telling you I love you. You're my brother." I'm just trying to make sure nobody do that to you. Sure? Yes, I'm positive. I love you. You're my brother. Like God. Seriously. Nobody beat me up and destroyed me. <laughs> yeah, you sick, you die, you're all right, you're all right. Yeah, you're fine, just love you, shit. Well, wow. wow. <laughs> y'all friends, y'all friend used to say to me, okay, what you want me to buy you now? <laughs> oh, no. I'm not going to I'm no long for you. No, I just love you, shit. Hey, I ain't got no money. This is all right. Just know it. Okay. I arch you. Oh my God. I don't want. What what are. What you want to buy? What you going to buy now? What are you going to do? Uh, what projects <laughs> have you come up with now? What are you spending? Because when you come talking about 
Baby, I love you. You know how much I love you. <laughs> you just buttering me up, and I know I'm going to have to spend some damn money. It's hard to work on families, though. It's easy to work on friends. But Bank loves you. And I know 100% Bank loves you. So I'm like, oh, I'm always like, oh. Mm hmm. <laughs> mm mm mm. That's funny. But yeah, you see those people. I, I say it too now. I catch myself. And I guess that's why I just wind up. I just wind up mothering people. I don't, I just, it's just my nature. So for me to say, hey, did you eat today? <laughs> that's just, that's just me. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, it's just who I am. It's just it's how I think Yeah. Because is my love language. Like, cooking is my love language. I, I love to cook for people. You know, um, I don't like cooking for myself, but I love cooking for other people. <laughs> it's awesome to cook for other people and watch them eat. Watch them yes. eat. Yeah. I want to hear something. I love my God, brother. Like, that's why I hate you cook stuff. You always want to know what happened, what how food tastes out. I'm like, yes. what? what? I'm like, that's why I like when you cook stuff and you sit there and watch people eat. I just want to make sure you're enjoying it. God. Exactly. Like you pointed it or something. Like, like, like I watched it or I pointed it or something. Like, but I just want to make sure you enjoy your food. Exactly. Like, you're so vicious. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have to admit, I like it. being cooked for. Yeah. See? I would love to cook like for. We're going to have some food. I, I love that. Last, my relationships, my last five mm-hmm. relationships were with cooks. So I, didn't ha- really? I haven't had to cook for a really long time. Yes. Oh. I would love to be the chef. I was very blessed. I would love it. You want to eat the food for free. You got to eat bougie food every day. Exactly. That's true. Fix me a bougie hot dog, please. Mm Mm-hmm. I want smiling faces on my chili. I want smiling faces on my name. Oh, my gosh. Like, during the pandemic, you know, we we couldn't go out because that was that was our thing of, that was going out trying different foods and so I started doing um, that's when charcuterie boards got really popular and uh, charcuterie mm-hmm. boards they were called and I mm-hmm. started doing charcuterie boards for me and Michael <laughs> and what is that. It's like meat and cheese and crackers and little food and, yeah. and you and you you put it all on this big wooden board or whatever you want to put it on, and you serve it up to the person, and then y'all just sit there and eat it. Charcuterie board. Oh, bougie yeah. snacks. Look, bougie mm-hmm. snacks. Okay, thank you. Yes, that's snack what he called it. That's exactly what he called it. A bougie snack tray. Yeah, a bougie yeah. snack tray, and every time and sometimes you have dips on it too. You dip yeah, they are they are gorgeous. 
There are a lot of work from the ones that I've seen. I have a friend who she can make anything look beautiful on a plate, and she's been doing those boards also. I I, I, I don't know that. I can not. I, I love no. it. Yeah, I have to show y'all some pictures of my shark of my um, shark coochie board that I did. And some pictures of the tray of your cake when you make them too, so I can suck my mouth with water while I look. (laughs) (laughs) I can just go to Sasha's house and let it cook for us. What? Come on. Ain't nothing but a plane ticket. Come on. How long are well, you staying? We're we not on the door. Well, me and Beauty knock on the door. No, I like you all want to answer. <laughs> you got to You see. Look now. <laughs> I now see you peeking around the corner. We see you peeking around the corner, Slash. We see you. <laughs> I want some sweet potato cornbread, so I'm putting that out there first. Sweet <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. potato cornbread. Please don't say Have anything about Oh. I'm supposed to cook. I'm supposed to cook my best. They ain't gonna have it, beauty. It ain't gonna be there. It ain't gonna be there. <laughs> You'll have some excuses. What had happened was when I tried right. to make it. Right. Like, we'll wait. They ain't got nothing to do with the job. All the way up here. <laughs> we'll In wait. The In the moon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there is that sweet potato cornbread. Oh, and I, I have got this year. I have got to make my friend. I told her I have been telling her ever since last Thanksgiving that I was gonna make her that sweet potato pound cake. And whenever I tell her that I'm gonna, I'm thinking about making a cake for somebody else. She cusses me out. I don't want to hear yes, she she thing about no cake. Well, right. I would too. <laughs> Got me waiting. <laughs> yes, I'm a hater. Yes, I'm hating right now. Where's mine? Why do I want to call it cornbread? I do not know why I do that. I don't know. I can imagine. Hey, this got to be true. It's, it is a cake, and then there is sweet potato cornbread. Is it moist? There, yes. There are two different what? recipes. Oh, one is a cornbread and one is a cake. I, I want them both. I'm my order for both. <laughs> I want them both. Yes. That's right. <laughs> I want one of my own. I ain't sharing. <laughs> oh, you, you wait and see. Which one do you want to right here? <laughs> both. The cake? <laughs> both. Oh, the I ain't sharing. I ain't sure. Because, <laughs> I mean, seriously. So you're going to need to make both. You're going to need to make both. I know. I want, I, want, I want both. I want one of each. Oh, my God. That's a lot. You should have brought it up. Yeah. Too. Both of I, need, <laughs> I need to snack something on the plane home. Y'all live there. I have to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to eat okay. peanuts? I got peanuts on Sweet potato bread and. Well, she gotta eat half of the road. She gotta eat half of the road to survive, and then the rest of she get home. Right. Then but she ain't gotta make no heavy ass pancakes. She's swinging it. It'll fill up the whole ride. (laughs) (laughs) It will. That way she will not be hungry. (laughs) No, 
you won't. My onion <laughs> I'm, I made that sweet potato uh, pound cake last year for Thanksgiving for my friend. She invited me to um, to her house for um, Thanksgiving dinner, and I made that cake from scratch. I ain't talking about no box. This is like sifted flour, sugar. Wow. You gotta sift out. You gotta measure out the baking soda Don't and the baking powder. <laughs> and you love doing that, so we'll take both. That's what I'm saying. When you talk about it, I can feel your passion. So you, so we'll take both. I can be mothered. <laughs> <laughs> That's nurturing. That's a lot of nurturing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I am, let, let a flight attendant reach in my, my package. Well, are you loving to that cake? Fall back enough. Fall back enough. <laughs> for all your love. Anybody okay, y'all come up here for Thanksgiving. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Come on. That one ain't got to cook. That might work because I can also go visit my cousin who moved down there. Yeah. Come on. Come on. I'll get the house ready, and y'all come on for Thanksgiving, and I'll do some cooking. I'll cook for y'all. Yay! You hear that? We're going to do the show on location. Ah! And it's recording. And we're here in the same room, motherfuckers. Me, my window box. 
how my couch is always full. So I, every time I clean it off, I put one cup there. Then a book will go there. And then something else go there. Something mm-hmm. else go there. I'm like, God damn it. Mm-hmm. Before you know it, it's full. The table, the living room, I put one bottle there. And then I put mm-hmm. something else there, something else there. It's like, before you know it, it's cluttered. So I got I to gotta finally get in the habit of not doing that. Mm-hmm. That's my best. Neatly caught it. Yeah, you go right to it. It's right there in front of yeah. your eyes every day. Yeah. Yep. And people call it dust, but I call it organized chaos. That's what I call it. <laughs> you know, you can, in the dark, you can find what you need, though. In the dark, you can find what you need. You can walk right to it. Everybody else can trip over, but you can walk right to it and grab that book. Walk right to it. <laughs> it's like, it's Yeah. <laughs> 
I sure did. Loved it. Loved it. Okay. So that was good. I'm cool as hell right now because the living room is the coolest room in my house. So, shit, I'm living the dream. When I go back over there in that typhoon, don't call me. Somebody, cause I can't. <laughs> you don't get a phone ring anyway. And if you did, I was taking shit you were saying. Hey, what? I can't eat. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then she's still going to turn them off so we can hear them better. <laughs> don't wait. Hell, we'll talk tomorrow. <laughs> I can talk to you later. <laughs> just text me. Exactly. Just text me. <laughs> I just, just text. Uh uh-uh. uh. I cannot turn off my fans. Three fans in the room. But it was heaven. <laughs> it was heaven. It was heaven, I tell you. But anyway, so, um,. <laughs> I wanted to give a shout out to a guest that we had, David Ponder the Second. He has now got his book, uh, I Ponder, in a bookstore in um, Greenbrier Mall in Atlanta. Yes, yes. congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. Wow, that's great news. That is really great news. Yes, I thought it was too. I was like, <laughs> so congratulations Did you buy a copy? for that. Huh? Did you buy a copy? Um, no, I haven't. I, two books I got to buy a copy of. Um, it's also, um, she was on the poetry show as well, um, Jazzy Uncontrollable Goddess. Um, oh, okay. She has a book out, and in her book of poetry is based on the the rap song of uh, Tupac Shakur. Now don't ask me the name of it. I don't I can't remember the name of it. Let me see if I can find wow. it. Um hopefully I can find it right quick and tell y'all the name of it. <sighs> but um that was Google one. Google yeah, I had to unlock my I had to unlock my phone. I have one of those phones that it automatically locked. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I have that one phone. Um, but her book came out. I think it was. April? I think it was April. Um, I think she did her um she did her book herself. She published it published it herself. <clears throat> so she is a self published author. And wow. um, she was. Um, her name is um, Jazzy Uncontrolled Goddess, Uncontrollable 
uncontrollable goddess. She was on the um she was on the Sasha Playpen um show in February. She was one of the poets on the show. And so was um so was Dave Ponder. So was Dave Ponder. She's out of Michigan. Okay. Um, the name of her book, Uncontrolled Goddess, her poetry book is called Life Goes On. It's poetry inspired by Tupac Shakur. So she's getting ready for she's getting ready for the um she's doing a countdown for the birthday of Tupac Shakur. Okay. This is this week. The sixteenth. Okay. Is Tupac Shakur's birthday. It's also someone else's birthday. I'll let you all guess whose birthday it is. It would be. What day? June 16th. Isn't that your birthday? No. Close. Michael's no. birthday. Yep. Michael's birthday. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. This is June 16th, July 16th. What? <clears throat> yeah, I'll be 50. Yours is July 16th? Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. You did say that. But yeah. <laughs> How the hell? A fabulous fifty. So, Mike was June sixteenth. Yours is July, and mine is August sixteenth. Wow. How did that happen? Wow. It was meant to happen. Yeah. So um that is going that are the two books. But that's the book by Uncontrolled Goddess. Uncontrollable Goddess. No, Uncontrolled Goddess. Uncontrolled God her name is Jazzy Uncontrolled Goddess. And the life, the name of her book is Life Goes On. And it is inspired by Tupac Shakur. And um, Dave Ponder, the second, his book name is I Ponder. And you can also, if you can't make it to Greenbrier Mall, at um, one of the oldest, it's one of the oldest bookstores, uh, black-owned bookstore, that um, he has his book in. And it's called Madura. I think it's called Madura's Bookstore. Um, yeah, Madura Bookstore. 
Um, they're celebrating 32 years in business. It's the um, oldest African-American-owned bookstore. And it's in Greenbrier Mall. That's in Atlanta, Georgia, off of um, Greenbrier Parkway, Southwest. I've been to Greenbrier Mall like twice in my life. The first time I went there, I was searching for a prom dress. The second, the second time I went there, <laughs> I snuck off to skip school with one of my friends. <laughs> we hot things. <laughs> Me and my friend skipped school. She was scared to death. I was like, girl, stop being so damn scary and come on. Let's go. <laughs> we are seniors in high school. Let's go. Oh, my God. She's like, I'm going to get in trouble. No, you're not. Exactly. So we went to the mall. We got there. We're in the court, in the food court, and then all of a sudden there is a shootout at the mall, and the news station is there, and um, in the background. They caught my friend's car as we were speeding away. <laughs> that was my hook. That's what we get from leaving and skipping school. Yep. And what she said, I'm in so much trouble. By the time we got home, and then, of course, we had, we caught ourselves having cell phones, but that was when them. They had them big ass flip
Columbia. Mm. Oh, so you like that, huh? Okay. Like you was just like me when I was 15. So I know it's you. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's that. <laughs> you sure? It ain't me. It's 1990. It's you. I ain't gonna that. Well, that was down there. Like, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Did that you get down in oh, the you corner, Mom? That's your TV. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not going to be on TV. <laughs> um, yeah, we were down there. That's, that was the the last year that they did uh, Freak Me. And so... <laughs> That's when they came out with that damn blue loop. The police. And they taking you through the uh, the AU center where all the colleges are downtown. And so mm-hmm. they had this thing called the blue loop. <laughs> and we were stuck in traffic the whole time. So we didn't get to see a whole lot of stuff. And a lot of that stuff that happened that they're talking about in this documentary that happened like later on when the sun was getting ready to go down by that time we was gone from the city honey so me and my best friend we gonna go to Atlanta we gonna go to the Freaknik honey my mother said, how the hell you are? <laughs> she knew what was going on at the Freak Nick. It ain't Freak Nick for that. I wonder how many babies were made at Freak Nick. We was like, but why we can't? Like, Mama, why Who's can't a freak, I? Who's a Freak Nick baby? Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're a Freak Nick baby. So my mama went to a Freak Nick with us. <laughs> <laughs> And I was yeah. weird. She is running around, but she was freaking me out the dog. We got, we was, like I said, we was stuck in traffic. Just kept riding around this damn circle. Just kept riding around. So we bought t-shirts. Dudes were selling t-shirts. We bought t-shirts. My mom is out there haggling with the dudes. He's like, $25. And my mom is like, <laughs> people buy. My house was full of people every night. 
Partly because my mom worked nights. Yeah, my mom worked nights, so. But there were still rules that had to happen for people to be there, but I had people at the house every night. Ooh. Uh, So you had friends. I did not. I did not have friends like that when I was young. I have been blessed. I have had I have many friends, many many, many friends. But private school or anything. I, I call them acquaintances. Have acquaintances. Yeah. There's very few. So people my brother was popular as fuck. Both my brothers were popular as fuck, and I was not. I'm like, how did this skip me? Hmm. <laughs> but now I'm popular now. Okay, now I'm popular. <laughs> You were just a little bloomer, that's all. Yep. A very late bloomer. A 40s late bloomer. <laughs> but very blooms and not the blooms. Yeah, I didn't bloom until I got into college. I didn't have a lot of friends. Um, and then when I moved to Atlanta, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> It's like that, huh? Okay. I think it would have been different if I had grew up growing up in Atlanta. Because, like, it's always something to do there. When I, that's one thing I realized. No matter what time it is, there's always something to do in Atlanta. You just got to know where it is. It's that fun underbelly. Because the underbelly yeah. is fun. I was like, it's in my underbelly, but it was fun as fuck. That underbelly gets you though. Yeah, things you never thought was club is a club. No matter what it is, yes. it gets a club at night. Like, God damn. Yes. What were we doing at the grocery store? It's a club now. What were we doing at the mm-hmm. restaurant? It's a club now. Like, God mm-hmm. damn. Everything is club now? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a club now. Yeah, because uh, um, Candler Road, it used to be a red lobster. And they called it Club Red Lobster. Yeah, no matter what, it's a club now. <laughs> Y'all look, y'all got a club now. Like, how do you know? <laughs> like, it's a club now? I'm like, God damn. You put in the parking lot. Why are these cars? It's a club now. Where's it in the daytime? A fancy eatery. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or a laundromat. You get Mexicans, Jamaicans. Yeah, everything is a club. Mm-hmm. You get the head to the back. And it's a club. You get up in that motherfucker. You go in there, it's a swinger club. You see beds everywhere, just giant, queen-size beds, and they're just stacked up, stacked by each other. And it's in it at night. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. Or the, the swinger the places that used to get me were the um, the all-white neighborhood subdivision. <laughs> yeah, those, those are the best parties. Those are the best parties. Because you get to see what a mansion look like on the inside. The mansion parties and shit. I mean, like, wow. You can't get there in the daytime, but you can go there at night. Mm-hmm. I only went to one party like that. What's that? I haven't either. I went to a party like that, but it was out of state, and it was in a three-family house. And all three floors, including the basement, were filled with different um, scenes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You got the yeah. BDSM room, the uh, 
Mm-hmm. The uh, I said the glow in the dark room where you get all black rooms. All you have is like if you got a band on your arm and or the rings or whatever. It's, just, it's like so much fun. Glory hole yeah. room. The black room there. <sighs> yeah. Then you got the, room. the spectators. Then you got like then another... you got a whole like in the foyer. It's just a big round place, big round spot, and then everybody can just walk around. And there's all you can do like yep. a show, and then people just wear bowls of condoms. Yeah, you can just sit there and watch people all the time. Just like, yep. ooh, get a voyeurism <laughs> room. You got you can watch BDSM being done. You can watch uh, the trains being done. See, I'm not as vanilla huh? as you think I am. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It's like the whole in the world when you walk in there for the first time, it's like, what? Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, I'm about to it. It sure is. So it changed my life. The first time I went, I was vanilla as fuck. I was vanilla ice cream with nothing on it. And I walked in that room. I might be vanilla, but I ain't that vanilla. <laughs> I don't even like vanilla. I just did stuff to try it out, but I had never tried to, I didn't even try to try that thing, so it was like a date night, but why this dude took me there for our first date, I don't know, but once we got in there, that was the first like, date? oh, first date, you had not even kissed or nothing, you just took me there, and What's he was like, oh, I got to tell you, this is a swingers club, I was like, a what, a swingers club, you know what I'm talking about, a swingers club, I'm like, a what, and once I got in there, Everyone was like, this is your first time, right? I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. And so they just took me on a tour. I saw a big, gigantic bowl full of condoms. Yeah. And it was like stuff everywhere. It was like food, a whole smoking book of food. They had a, a bar, strip, a stripper pole, bed. I saw a BDSM room. I saw a couple do it, calling that his guy brought, brought his wife there. And I saw his wife get a train done on her. I saw a whole line of dudes leading to this man, one wife. I was like, wow. I was not offended at all. And that's why I knew this was my word. I was like, these are my people. <laughs> like, I don't care, but I'm like, wow. This is a whole new world. So for my 40th birthday, that's when I started going to the party. Because then I hung and was like, what are we going to do for your birthday? I said, we can throw a super party. And she was like, a what? So I explained it to her. She said, you went with it. So that's when I started swinging parties. Mm-hmm. And I also did my first dominatrix session with this guy. Well, we had left a, uh, left a party one time, and he just saw me in a pizza, a pizza place in Atlanta. He was like, are you a dominatrix? I'm like, I should be. So <laughs> we went, he owned, a, um, he owned a, um, a complex, so we went behind a complex before his work, he said, my work don't get here till 6. I said, he owned this place? He said, yeah, my work don't get here till 6. So I dominated him outside the parking lot. He stripped naked, tied a leash around his penis, and had me leave him around there. So I was like, oh, this is where we were. <laughs> what would you like to get? <laughs> I was approved. I didn't know I was approved, but you know, this stuff just fit me like a glove. <laughs> and I'm still doing it now. 
Things that should fight me don't fight me. So I guess this is my war now. So like, oh, try it. Just try it. I can say, try it just once and see if you like it. And if, it, if it's something you feel good about, you know, just do it. I'm going to say, hurt nobody. And I made $50 that night. Mm. Yeah. All right, all right. That's what I say. Yeah, this is, yeah, get some good, uh, get us out of here. You know, this is like your year. This is 2024 going to be your year. Make some determination and do it. When the opportunity comes up, the opportunity may come up and you're too scared to try it. The opportunity come up, try it. Oh, I have, yeah. I have no problem with that mm. at all. Mm. I, had, I, I just unfortunately was with someone who wasn't on the same level. And I don't say unfortunate. Anyways, I'm not going to explain all that. I'm just going to say that I was I was the least vanilla. I was the least vanilla of the couple. Yeah, I can't imagine. You have a very soothing voice that you can convince people to do stuff. That's how your voice sounds. You like you just convince them. You can do this. Well, thank you. You have a soothing, convincing voice. <laughs> thank you. And Sasha has that cute little baby voice that I know can go to Eve like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what a lot of people think. A lot of people think that I am very unassuming and I'm very quiet and I'm, you know, I am the last living good girl. <laughs> <laughs> She's the last container of vanilla ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. Yeah, you never know. Vanilla ice cream got some squirrels in there. And some sprinkles. Vanilla ice cream with some squirrels in there. I've always had a phone sex voice. Everybody always <laughs> says for years I had a phone sex voice, but I had never done phone sex before. But then when I started, there <laughs> she is again. <laughs> yep. Like, when I get the neck of stuff, I'm like, this is my world. Sex sales, it has always been like, for me, for when I used to see domination on television, I think I always thought that domination was the sexiest women in the world. They are because they can look like a little. They can look like whatever and control your ass, lift your ass, all that. So when I did it myself, it was like, wow. It's definitely you don't get fucked. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a power rush, <laughs> and it's not about sex. No, That's the best part about it. It's about sex, no. but it's not about sex. No. Because I don't let you look at me. I don't let you touch me. Mm-hmm. None of that shit. You're lucky enough to whatever. No, you don't look at me. You don't you touch me. You're lucky enough to Nothing. breathe my air. Oh. Ooh. Exactly. Ooh. Did I say and that? And they love hearing that. Damn, and now you're both And it shows them all so much. Like, you're know, a worthless piece of shit. And I, man, I, I roast you ass so bad. It's like, you're just you still an orgasm through the phone. Like, damn. And I just freed myself on a whole day yeah. to work a burden. I had a bad day at the grocery store, not no more. At first, I, I had a hard time with that. I had a hard time doing that degradation. But then when I got into it, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, you ain't doing fantasy film it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I feel back in now. You know, you have a bad time. 
I can tell you can always tell who will like it when you cuss them out. Yep. So I don't even like you for free no more. I'm gonna be nice to you. Yep. I feel like they're turning you on. Now you shit away for free. So you have a nice day. All right now. Yeah, you have to know how to market yourself, definitely. If you want to do that kind of stuff. But I, you know, small town, too many people talk, too many people have too much to say, and they be all up in here. And I still live in Atlanta. <laughs> then I get the dog. Yeah. <laughs> if I still live in the city, there's no telling I'm talking about Atlanta. Me. It really don't matter in Atlanta. Because no. so much to do. You can no. sit in it in any way. That's why I did like about it, but there's just too many and people. And nobody to has to know you. And, you know, in a yeah. minute, yeah. nobody has to know. It's, it's big enough. It's big, but you at the same time, it's small. It's getting mm-hmm. small. It's getting really small. Um, it's too um, commercialized now. Um, but at one time when I was living there in 2000, in the early 2000s, it wasn't like that. And you could be, your, your anonymity was very, it was good. You could do a lot of things and nobody, nobody knew your name. Now you both the same. <laughs> <laughs> there were red light districts and shit. You don't even have red light dishes where you can just go invisible now. Everything is, everybody want to be seen, everybody got camera phones. So you can't have that privacy you've always wanted back in the day. Closest I've been yeah. to that is I went on a trip to Canada, and I went oh, to a yeah. sex that had shopping carts. Mm-hmm. Like big old shopping carts. The shelves were like stories. I ain't never seen anything like that in my life. Yep. So why, that must actually be free there, right? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. That's what I it's heard. Also you had like in um in Germany and Amsterdam. I want to go to Amsterdam. Yeah, I would like That's to go to and make contact mm-hmm. off the smoke. Yep. Ooh. I'm just going to say I don't think I can live anywhere Where it's, it's legal It's 100% legal You could You'd never see me again Where is she? Oh, she's in the house <laughs> I'm going to never leave the house for real, for real. I had my shit delivered. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Never leave the house. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I would just like to visit Amsterdam. Get, some I, I get a waffle. Get a waffle. Get some weed. And go to one of their sex shops. Same way in um, Canada. E? Yeah, Canada. I was like a child in a, I don't know, candy store. It was amazing. They had uh, I've heard that. I've heard that. 
I heard that Toronto is um is uh, has a very large red light district. Yeah, yeah he, he, he is beautiful. So you just walk around and just be feel free to do whatever. Mm. But their health care is better too. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that was a joke. And um and like for um intravenous drug users, they have um needle depositories and all that kind of Ooh, stuff. The treatment where you just go and get to me, get your high in a safe environment. Yep. And then go on if I feel like and they don't yep. have that many overdoses and stuff. Nope. Yep. Because they, yeah, they care in New York. Yep. Not that I'm glorifying, I'm just saying it's better if you can go get high and know that you're in a safe place and, and your needles are mm-hmm. clean, a clean needle. you're getting clean and needles, you don't have to right worry about STIs. Mm-hmm. And, yep, I mean, and they're right there with the Narcan. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a documentary on that. They don't, they don't OD as much. They come in, they're healthier. They make sure they eat. They make sure they have something. So, you know, they, they don't have a lot of robberies. They don't have a lot of crime because of drug-related crime. Because they don't, they don't need to. They don't need. And they get the good stuff. They don't have to worry about getting bad hits. It's a lot better because they care. Mm-hmm. But now they need to do something about caring about the indigenous people in Canada. But that's a whole mm-hmm. conversation. That's a mess. That's it's a, a whole other conversation. Um, okay, so I need to make I forgot about the announcement. I did one. Um, also I did um I got some feedback about I'll show I'll share it off the air with you ladies. I got some feedback, um uh, from the questionnaire that I put out, I got some of those back. Um, also wanted to let everyone know that after the end of June, um, Night Talk with Sasha, we will be taking um, a summer vacation. And we will be back probably, hopefully, <laughs> sometime in August. Um so we're going to take the month of July off so that we and the, me and the ladies can enjoy our summer and get out and be out and about with it rest a little bit. Um, so just stay prepared for that. Just know that um, after June, the show will go on hiatus for a month and we'll be back. Um I'm still working on the, the um, I'm trying to get um, Tasha Fields. Tasha Fields is a um, super-sized BBW, and she runs this group called Juicy Peaches. That's on Facebook. Um, and she also is doing a, um, if you are a super-sized woman, or man, and you have never flown before, 
and you want to learn about the ins and outs of how to fly, or even just know that you can fly on a plane, it's a little, you know, you can. Um, she has a group online about that. So we're trying to get her on the air, and um, hopefully by next week sometime, um, I will get her on the air, and we can talk about Juicy Peaches and what that is and who they are and who we are and what we're doing. Um, so that's coming up. Um, the Menopause show still ain't got nobody but one person. So. Oh, well. Come on there, y'all. Really? Come on now. Y'all know as I will. You want to know and you need to know about menopause. So let's just talk about it. Let's have an open and honest discussion. No one's going to bash. It's not about bashing. It's it's not about any of that. It's about learning. So if you have went through menopause, if you are going through menopause, help out your younger sisters that are on the epitaph of going through that, on the, you know, the press. The beginning. The beginning. The forward. Oh. Initializing stage. My tongue the got tied up. I couldn't get none of that out. I sound like Elmer Fudd. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how horrible it is. Mm. Exactly. That's why I'm sleeping with two fans, three fans. Mm. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> so y'all come on and let's talk about menopause. Like... <laughs> Yeah, we need to talk about this. So if you are interested and you want to be a part of the discussion, come on, y'all. Like, don't make me have to go out here and call nobody's name. Because I will. <laughs> she will. Mm-hmm. I just go out here and call some people up. Be like, honey, come on on here and talk about this with me, okay? Because I need some help. <laughs> Go to the email Night Talks with Sasha 69 at gmail.com. Now, don't be worried about what the 69 is for or what it's implying. It's just two numbers at the end. Start 69. Just don't worry about that. Just email me. And let's just talk about it. Okay? Okay. Um, that's that. Anyway, y'all got any announcements? Anything y'all want to talk about? No, ma'am. No, nothing that I can think of. Okay. Well, that's that then. So we um we have just talked about we didn't talk about Tina Turner. And we didn't talk about Prince, and he was 65 years old this week. 
I miss them. Happy birthday. I'm so sad I never got to see him perform live. Oh, no. That's a shame. Oh, he's an incredible entertainer. Incredible. Yeah. I've seen him him quite a few times. Oh, wow. Yeah. And age with beauty. And when I heard, okay, I'm going to be honest with y'all, and then I'm going to get y'all off the air because I know y'all ready to go. (laughs) When I heard them say that Tina Turner had died, honestly, at first I heard it and I was like, will y'all please stop putting that poor woman in the ground? And she wasn't then, supposed to die. She wasn't supposed huh? to die. I knew she was funny. I knew she was sick, but she's one of those yeah. people that you just saying, never expect to actually go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but... You kept hearing, like, she had a great life. They had those, um... You know how they have those things about celebrities All that this time. celebrity had died yeah. already? Yeah. Yeah, and they died. had 30 times. They seen a turner like that. They did? Yeah. Yeah, she had died a few times. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so when I first had that like five or ten times. Yeah, so when I first heard it again, I didn't believe it. Like, will they please, will they, why do they do that? And then this time. I know it was true. Yeah, I knew it was true because I took my booty well, so like, she was a um, she was a neutral booty like me. So I knew she had that. I'm like, wow. I'm like, but she oh. didn't mean she had an awesome life. She did. Yeah. She had a great life. Well, what you love, Miss Tina? You are Miss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was cremated, and she was uh, she was at home in Ireland. Mm. Oh, what, she was cremated. I think she was cremated, yeah, because she didn't want to be buried. I think she wanted to be cremated. Mm. I know she had made her preparations and stuff. Well, all right, ladies, we're going to be cut off any second now. Yeah, we are. So. Yes, ma'am, we've got to go log in. That's the word. Make the donut. Okay, make the donut. <laughs> well, you going to make the cake with pie. Yeah, Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.